The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, we have a guest, uh, the author of the book, The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. So basically uh, how men can be the the strong man that every strong woman wants. That's coming up after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Remember, you can always email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com or your comments or your holiday cheers or whatever else you want to send our way. Let us know how you're coping uh, with the pandemic, if you need any help, and uh, we, we're always here. The community is here to help. 514-800. A season's greetings, one all. Hi, Dr. Laurie. My wife and I are now big fans of you and the show. We started listening about a month ago. We are both social media addicts. The other day, a friend posted a question on my Facebook page, and we would like to know uh, the doctor answer as well as the listeners out there. This is the question. What is the first thing you notice about a member of the opposite sex? So I'm putting that out there. What is the first thing you notice about a member of the opposite sex? I've been with my wife for four years, married in September of 2019. I'm 45. She is 32. My honest answer, her ring finger. My wife's honest answer, his butt, or some derogatory variation. Most guys answered either breasts or butt. Some said eyes, her hair, her smile, her legs, and various other answers. The ladies were more diverse. His smile, his eyes, his ring finger, his shoes got a few mentions, his dental work, the size of his arms, his legs, and various other answers. I was married for five years before my first wife passed away nine years ago. I was 26. She was 29. At the age of 26, my answer would have been her breasts. She was a big girl, uh, was a 48 double D bra. It was only after seriously dating and then marrying her that I realized the pain the breast caused her and slouched to compensate. One year, I even paid for breast reduction surgery. She went to a 40D because she exercised too at that point. My current wife is small, 28A bra. Uh, Yes, I have her approval to share this. Why? Because it's so sexy that she's comfortable with who she is. No pain to boot. My point being, at age 26, my answer would have been her breasts. At 45, it's her ring finger. Hopefully you out there have as much fun answering this question as we did. Happy holidays, one and all. God bless. And this is from Jason and Christy. So, and I say the names when there's no, you know, information there that's private, let's just say. Uh, so one text writes in, I, the first thing I notice is eyes smile. I'd love to know your age to see if there's an actual age as uh, as Jason um, said in his email that when he was younger, he would have said breasts. And as he's older, he, he changes his mind. Something else, somebody else says eyes and facial features. So what is the first thing you notice? I think I notice a smile, smile and teeth for some reason, like that would be 
for me, for sure, a smile is really important. What is it for you? What's the first thing that you notice? 514-800, I'd like to get some of your thoughts. Another email, uh, dearest Lori, I'm going through a very difficult time and doing my best to work things out. Family stupidity, immature grown-up family members, and the strain and stress of the COVID rules all coming at once. Of course, my ex-husband refuses to help out in any or at least make suggestions. The only sanity I have is at work where I do not think of family problems and then you and your show that makes going to bed nice. You have been here before the pandemic, been a source of inspiration and hope during the pandemic and will still be there after we all emerge from this darn pandemic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry that you're uh, going to you know, going through such difficult times, as you know, many, many people are, but that doesn't really help when, <laughs> so what? We all know everybody's suffering, but it doesn't change your own uh, suffering. So I, I definitely feel for you. Uh, then a text or breast size never made a difference to me ever. Uh, somebody, 61, eyes, smile uh, is what does it for that person. What does it for you? What do you first notice about the opposite uh, the opposite sex? If, of course, that is if you're heterosexual here. Uh, and let me know if you're male or female as well. You are getting a following in San Diego, this person says. My brother and his wife have been mentioning your show to friends there. They were blown away from The View Monday and asking me to ask if there will be a December Baby Boomer show and would like to have this as a topic. My uh, my brother's daughter is 16 and a very beautiful California girl, and they are at a loss how to control the boy thing. <laughs> How did boomers handle girls that are very mature for their age and very attractive and look older than they are? 16 and looks 21, getting asked out by older men. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a difficult one. I remember being 15 and 16, looking a bit older, being asked out by older men. That was definitely a thing. There was a bit of a thrill attached to that. Didn't actually go through with it. That didn't go out with um, much older men, mind you. But uh, making sure you have open communication, I think, is really, uh, really important. I, I don't know if we handled it differently back then, like just as a baby boomer, I can remember back as a teenager, I think this has always been kind of an issue, the attention of men and women in that young, young women in that age group are learning the power of their beauty and the power of their sexuality as well. And all we, as parents, we just hope that they don't get themselves into trouble. So you have to talk to them about safety and, and things like that, obviously. Uh, I am a 62-year-old woman. I look at hair and eyes. So uh, so you wouldn't look at somebody who was bald then. See, I, I don't mind bald, so the hair doesn't do it for me. But see how we're all so different? It's lovely. Uh, eyes and facial features, but nothing trumps intelligence and maturity for me nonetheless. I'm a female, 56. So uh, intelligence and uh, maturity. So uh, yes, intelligence definitely um, a factor. You want to be able to have some uh, conversations. <laughs> At least I do and not maybe not everybody is on, on the same page. But And our passion poet wrote a poem about dating. Last night we talked about dating. We're going to talk a little bit more about it tonight. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with uh, our guest tonight. 
Uh, let's see. Let's look at dating and go through the stages. It gets more complicated as we go through the ages. First, there is puppy love, so innocent and cute, fresh off the tree like an untouched fruit. Second comes the teen, a boy's hormones start to peak, wanting to put into practice what he fantasized all week. Then as a young adult, thinking they know it all, that is when they are set up for the biggest disappointment of all. Along the way, there is heartbreak and the world is tumbling down. One of life's little tragedies, a little time with turn, will turn it around. As a responsible adult, love takes on a new light. You find that perfect someone and that someone feels so right. A ring on the finger, a few vows you will say. Your life is just beginning. You are well on your way. The pitter-patter of little feet. Now you're a mom or a dad. It is now your turn. You are your kid's launch pad. Now you're a grandparent and you take a good look around. Your love is still the same. Just spread out more, but more sound. That is just lovely. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. And again, what do people look for first? Somebody had asked. Uh, I am male on female facial feature and if hygienic, so good hygiene. Occasionally boobs as I have total mammary <laughs> Recall. <laughs> okay, good one, good one. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Tonight on the program, I am pleased to present uh, to you uh, G.S. Youngblood, who wrote the book, The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. He coaches men in relationships on how to live, love, and lead from their masculine core. He also specializes in nice guys who are with strong women. Last night we touched on the whole nice guy thing. Now we're going to get into it just a little deeper. GS, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lori. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. So what led you to write this book exactly? Mm, failure. <laughs> My own. Okay. <laughs> My own. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I just... In, you know, earlier in my life, um, I was not the best emotional partner and uh, had consequences in, in my marriage at the time. And, uh, and I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from, from not doing it the way that opened up connection between uh, my partner and I. And um, I just wanted men to not make the same mistakes I did. And so after that marriage ended, you know, I got deeply into men's work and studying mm -hmm. with folks like David Data and some other luminaries in the field. And um, over the years, just continued to write down principles and things that I learned and codified and, and either were or weren't working in my own relationships. And eventually all those notes became a book and, uh, and spent a few years writing it and had it out at the beginning of this year and feel great about it. There's, it's it's um, being very well received and it's changing a lot of men's lives, which makes me feel really great. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite wonderful. Uh, so you talk about the masculine core, men getting in touch or leading from their masculine core. What is what do you mean exactly? 
Well, the, the masculine core is defined by the blueprint in the book. It's a three-part blueprint that, that defines what I consider to be a, a masculine core. And um, it has three parts. Number one, respond versus react. So this is the quality of a man that's grounded within himself. He's got a, he's got a quality of stillness to him. And he's not reactive. So behaviors like uh, defensiveness and withdrawal and, and blame, these are all reactive behaviors mm-hmm. um, rather than a man who chooses how he responds. So that's the first element. The second element is provide structure. And this is a man who knows what he wants in life, what he feels like is the right thing to do in, in any given situation, what he needs, what the couple needs, and is able to provide a lot of clarity uh, a lot of direction and a lot of structure in the relationship. It doesn't mean he's the only one. It doesn't mean he's in charge or he's controlling, mm-hmm. but he's adding clarity, direction, and structure. So that's the second element. And the third element of the blueprint that describes the masculine core is create safety. And this can cover physical, financial, or emotional safety. I think where I focus most in the book is on emotional safety. And yes. uh, I say I say several times that a, a woman who does not feel safe with you is not going to be open to you. Her heart won't be open. Her body That's won't right. be open. And there'll be a lot of friction in the relationship. So. That's what I mean by a masculine core. That, that this is how I define it. Men who embody these three principles uh, are going to bring this energy to the relationship. Yeah, very, uh, very well said. I, I think you're, of course, you're, you're absolutely right. When in speaking to women, that uh, that need of feeling safe, and again, it's not I need a man to protect me kind of thing, mm-hmm, but you, they mm-hmm. need to feel you need to feel safe in order to be vulnerable. Not that men don't need to feel safe; they too need to feel safe. Yeah. Um, but this element is is something that is really important. So, how do you? So obviously, there has to be a way to teach uh, men how to how to portray that safety or what they need to do in order to make somebody feel safe. Or maybe we can talk about mm-hmm. what makes them feel unsafe. I don't know if, if we, you know, whichever way you want to do it. Yeah. I mean, things that would make um, a, a feminine being feel unsafe. Um, the, the one that I always go to is invalidating her, her feelings mm-hmm. where, you know, men, we, we constantly try to, uh, convince women that they shouldn't feel a certain way. And so True. you guys, you guys <laughs> come at us with emotion and we will often respond with information. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you? And <laughs> solutions. You. And yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you have to understand like to us, it makes your behavior doesn't make sense. And when I say your behavior, so I should, Wait, I should women, generalize yes. so much, but, but like emotional uh, turbulence, it doesn't always make sense to us and we try to make sense of it. So we go to the factual and we try to give you new information about how maybe you misunderstood something so that you won't feel as you know, upset as you do uh, in a lot of cases. Right. And so I think that's one, of the, that's one of the biggest ways men do it when we meet emotion with information because never the twain shall meet. Right. And, and uh, you know, what- I, I didn't know from, <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to add to that. One of the pieces of advice I often tell men is when your partner is um, unleashing, like unleashing meaning like she's just venting, uh, mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut. Do not tell her what to do. Do not offer her solutions. In fact, never offer her a solution unless she asks you for advice. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't ask, don't give it, <laughs> yeah. which is not yeah, an easy thing so to do. And I, I, I would even, I would, let me build on top of what you just said. One of the things that I found is, Men um, 
sometimes some of the men doing men's work will, will when our woman is emotional, will get really still and kind of like we try to be the mountain. And we can actually kind of overswing a little bit because if she feels like we're just kind of there stony, not actually receiving her and feeling her, mm-hmm. then my experience is, is that does not actually calm the other person down. And so right. what I encourage men to do is, is don't offer solutions like you said, Lori, and, but also be, uh, be an active listener and tune into the emotion and validate the emotion. You know, if she's upset because her business partner did something without asking permission, you know, you've got to empathize with why she might feel that way. So that's one of the things that I coach men on. Right. That's really just empathy right there. Right. Rather than telling her, rather than telling her tomorrow, you go in and speak to your boss and you tell him blah, 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 which would be telling her what to do. And I I would add also, I would also add, please don't tell her she's too sensitive and please don't (laughs) tell her she's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this, this, this bears some, some attention, you know, crazy, the C word, mm-hmm. it's such a, it's such, um, it's so destructive and it really, really hurts connection between the two. And it's it, part of it's innocent because we actually don't understand. So this, we have to put a label on it to make any sense of it because we don't, a lot of guys don't really understand the emotional underpinnings of a woman. Um, and it makes you guys feel really dismissed and outraged mm-hmm. and quite frankly, lonely. That's what I hear a lot from women is they feel lonely in relationship to a man who constantly says, oh, you're just crazy. Yeah. Or don't act really just right. Don't act so crazy. Like you hear that's crazy talk or don't act so crazy or you're acting crazy uh, is extremely dismissive, extremely patronizing and the opposite of compassionate actually and kind. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add one more adjective because I don't say this. So guys can be like nice guys and good guys. I just say, I, I try to teach them this because it's not effective. It doesn't, it doesn't bring you closer to your partner. And so I tell the guys, it's like, do, don't call them crazy, not because you want to be a good guy, but because it never works and it always makes things worse. There's a better way. There's a better way to navigate these waters. Right. The, another word, too, um, is somebody who tells you to calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. down. (laughs) Sure, that's going to help. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just get crazy. That's like asking (laughs) someone who's having a tantrum to stop. Just stop. You know, it's not how it works, right? Three year old. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. For sure. We have a lot to learn. Clearly, I mean, we have a lot to learn about uh, each other. And and you would think that uh, after eons of being on this planet, we'd have it all figured out. But clearly, uh, we don't. But the secret to, and I think you say it very well, is the secret to a, a healthy relationship is having this understanding and responding, not because you think that's what it is, uh, even if you don't understand it, you have to strive to try and have that empathy for your partner and the compassion mm-hmm. for your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's where your principle really plays in the, the response versus the reaction, right? Because the reactive mm-hmm. is don't talk so crazy or don't be so crazy would be a reactive right. thing. Whereas, oh, you must yeah. have had a really hard day is responsive. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very true. And I try to get guys to see there is a reason for her behavior, behavior when she's like that. And I know it doesn't make sense, but it actually, if you know the principles, it makes perfect sense. You know, and she's not right. feeling safe because you said X, Y, Z earlier in the day or something like that. So that's that's right. what I just try to get my guys to understand is just there's a reason for it. And if you understand the principles and the dynamic, you can you can figure out the reason and then you'll be a lot more effective. 
Right. Well, coming up, we'll talk about uh, what women are actually longing for in a man with mm-hmm. my guest, uh, G.S. Youngblood. Uh, he's wrote a book called The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. And we'll also talk later on about what a strong woman is and and, and all of that. Uh, so if you have questions uh, for G.S., please uh, send them along at 514-800. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback uh, as well. Uh, this person writes, self-awareness and integrity are super sexy qualities to possess in my opinion uh yes and i would uh, i would agree with that passion with dr Lori batito on cjad 800 my guest tonight is G.S. Youngblood, the author of The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. He coaches men in relationships. He specializes in nice guys who are with uh, strong women. I can relate to that. I believe I'm a strong woman married to a nice guy, thankfully. I have a couple of texts here. This person says, I'm confused, Lori. I'm a woman and I've always appreciated rational advice and practical solutions instead of mere listening and sympathizing alone. For the former actually serves to rectify a situation, whereas the latter could be rather enabling instead. I get what she's saying, um, except that when it's not asked for, sometimes it it can feel like um, a little patronizing. It's like if, if you just jump in with, well, you should do this. And so I know, I know what I need to do. I'm just telling you mm-hmm. how I'm feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends yeah. on 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 what the the motive or the motivation is there. But sometimes, yes, we can, of course, we want our partner's advice and, hey, what would you do in this situation? And that's all good. But not when you're in the throes of something and that's the last thing you want to hear is being told what to do when you know damn well what to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and of course, you know, each woman can handle this differently and, and the woman who wrote the text may actually need that. So we're talking in generalities as best we can. I think, I think the, the key here is timing and mm. sequencing. Um, one of the things in the book that I say is feelings first, facts later. And I, my, my experience is that 80 or more percent of the time, when you come in with the facts right away, as you said, Lori, they're just not ready for it. Like the psyche is not ready for it in that moment. And there will be a time later when the facts are appropriate, whether it's giving her advice, whether it's, you know, defending yourself, but you've got to create some space. And that's what I teach the guys. You've got to create some space up front to just be in that feeling state with her. And if that's five seconds, great. And you can move on to the facts. And if it's Mm -hmm. not, you have to be attuned to your woman to know when she's ready to move into a more factual. It could be, it could be minutes, days, hours, or weeks, quite frankly. Right. A man has to be attuned to his woman and how her psyche works if he wants to really uh, handle these things in, in, mm. the, in the best way. Good advice. Uh, so what is it you think women long for the most in, in a guy? I think the blueprint really encompasses that as I mm-hmm. described it, you know, my, and of course, again, we're talking about generalities, but let's just accept that for the conversation. I think women want a man who's grounded. I, I know for a fact that a man with a grounded nervous system that transmits into her nervous system and brings her nervous system down. Whereas sure. if, if the guy's anxious and reactive, that tr- also transmits into her and it, and it makes everybody get a little bit more jacked up. So 
My yeah. belief is that most women enjoy a man who's got a grounded uh, uh, nervous system and, a, and that grounded persona about him. Um, I think most women want a man who's got some clarity about what he wants, about where he thinks the couple should go, and he brings that clarity to the relationship. And that could take the form – well, I'll just – Maybe I'll just keep it at that. He brings that clarity to the relationship. I think most women want that. Unfortunately, this generation of nice guys that have been created, um, they're too afraid to take a risk. They're too afraid to take a stand. They think that the the way to relationship bliss is to figure out what you want and give it to you. And therefore, Mm -hmm. you'll be happy and everything will be fine. So why doesn't that that work? Go ahead. Why doesn't that work? Hmm... Uh, why doesn't that work? You, you I would think, would, you, I would, you would, you would think, right? The guy says, okay, I'm going to figure out everything you need. And I'm just going to give you everything to make you yeah. happy. But that's, it doesn't, think, that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to the other side. The other side wants to be met, especially strong women. And that's why the book is really targeted towards that. A woman who, who knows what she wants in life, who gets things done to life. She kind of wants a man to push up against a little bit. Like she knows where his yes. boundaries are and where she ends and he begins and what he wants to match up with her own strong opinions about things. She doesn't want to feel like there's nothing on the other side to, to push up against. And so it doesn't feel good when a man just gives you, you know, strives to figure out what you want and just gives it to you. It gets old very fast for most of the women that I know. Uh, you couldn't, uh, yes. And it has been my experience <laughs> in life as well. Uh, as, yeah. a, as yeah. I, I consider myself a pretty strong woman and I know that I know in, in having dated, like before my husband who happens to, he was probably one of the few that could stand against, like exactly that, not, not fighting against me, but could stand yeah. his ground. And so it was more grounding I didn't feel like I had to hold up the whole relationship. I felt like I could let go and strong women. And the the biggest, what I've noticed is the biggest uh, wish of strong women is to be able to let go and not make decisions all the time. Right. So they like making decisions, but they also like to be able to, to give up the reins every once in a while and say, please, uh, thank you. Take it over and feel comfortable that their partner can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And as as we get more and more equality in the workforce, more women out there working, like that dynamic you just described becomes even more pronounced because they're doing it all day long at work. They're getting stuff done in the world, which is great. And they want to let go a little bit. And if a man just can't take the reins, at least temporarily, then it's hard for her to soften into that softer side of herself. Right. And I understand men who are in a position of like, let's say even small decisions, like where would you like to eat tonight? Let's go out to a restaurant. Oh, where Mm -hmm. would you like to go? And they're like, oh, anywhere you want to go. Right. And they're always like, they say, well, it doesn't really matter to me. So I'll let you make the decision. But over time, it's like, can't you make a decision? Like you make a decision. I don't want to have to be making all the decisions. And yet I understand where it comes from. It comes from a good place where I want to please you. I want you to be happy. I'm okay wherever you want to go. Uh, but that doesn't work. That's the reality. It doesn't really work. It really doesn't. Least. It really doesn't. Yeah. And I, I actually, I don't coach a lot of women, but sometimes I do give advice because they'll reach out a lot and talk about the book. And I just say, you know what, when your man does that, like, I don't care where do you want to go? You should say, you, the woman should say, you know, I actually would like you to decide and take the lead. And, and right. just, 
leave it at that. And hopefully he gets the, the invitation and, uh, and then starts to go into his own clarity. What does he want? And then he brings that to the table. Right. Uh, that's a, an easy, easy uh, solution to that. Uh, Texter writes in, it can work. Speaking of the nice guy, happy wife, happy life, but the wife won't necessarily be happy making all the decisions. That's the, that's no. where we want to get to. It's not like she gets everything and yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, yes, yes. But over time that, that becomes feeling like a, you, you're married to somebody who you can step all over and that doesn't feel good. Right. That's pretty, that's one of the quicker ways to attraction uh, dying on the vine is when you have a relationship and a dynamic like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are talking mm -hmm. with GS Youngblood about his book, The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. Maybe coming up, we'll talk about uh, how we can define strong women or how to deal also with the strong emotions of your partner. So helping out the guys here understand their female uh, partners. This is Passion on CJAD 800. My guest tonight, G.S. Youngblood, the book, The Masculine in Relationship, a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman, learned by experience, through experience, wrote a book about it, uh, now coaches men in relationships, specializes in nice guys who are with strong women. Now, I want to clarify, women want a nice person. Like, let's let's be clear, like a nice, good guy. Every Everybody mm -hmm. would, would want that. But when we talk about the nice guy, it's usually not in such great, uh, uh, it's not in such rosy uh, color. Uh, so obviously right. there's something about this typical nice guy that doesn't work. So how does a, like, how does a man, you know, who's naturally a, a, a good guy, nice guy, uh, I guess stop being, maybe it's the too nice, right? Because you hear women say, oh, they're, they're just too nice. So maybe what, what can they learn? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about what a nice guy is because there's a difference between a guy yes. who, who is nice and then this kind, of, this kind of proper name, nice guy. You know, Robert Glover, Dr. Robert Glover, he wrote the forward of my book. He's also a good friend. He wrote the book on this, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Right, right. And what he, <laughs> what, what he talks about is, um, nice guys, they hide their needs because of their childhood wounding. And we don't need to go deep into that, but because of their childhood wounding, they hide their needs from everybody else. They think this is the way that they can get along. They think this is the way that they can get love. They think this is the way they can get what they want. Unfortunately, underneath, they're, they're often angry. They're very angry and they carry resentment, and that has all kinds of negative implications. Mm. Um, to the relationship. You never know where these guys stand. You never know what they want. They're always just giving you what they think you want. And so that's, you know, that's what a nice guy is. That's very different from relating to your woman with, with heart, um, wanting the best for her, really being tuned into what she needs. Um, but you have to couple that with your own boundaries, your own needs, your own desires, uh, your ability to say no and so those are those are some of the things that you know the classic quote unquote nice guy uh, doesn't possess. Right, and that's uh, that's really really important. So when mm. you talk, you help men deal with uh, strong women. What do you advise them when they meet uh, strong women, or they are partnered up with a strong woman? Maybe you want to maybe you want to define what a strong woman is first. 
Well, it's just, you know, inherently subjective, but right. you know, a strong woman, she, she, she has her own masculine energy that she can bring out when needed and for maybe what she's out doing in the world. Um, she doesn't put up with mediocrity. She doesn't put up with excuses. Um, she knows her worth and knows that she deserves to be treated well. And so these ways that guys will, will hide our needs, will hide our emotions, we won't be reliable. Um, those are things that a strong woman really is just not going to stand for. And she may That's stay true. in the relationship. She may exit the relationship or she may stay in and it's not going to be that fun to be around her for a guy that's chronically disappointing her in those ways. Mm. And, quite, and quite frankly, Lori, the, the, the sort of the inner joke is that all women these days are strong women. You know, I mean, it's just the reality of things in the vast majority of cases that that's, you know, that's the truth. So the question is that the the challenge for men is, okay, what do I do with a strong woman who's fired up? You know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's, maybe she's angry right now and angry at me. And that is the most fertile ground for work I do with men. And there's a whole chapter on the book on that, quite frankly. So give us a, give us a couple of uh, little, you know, tidbits on that. Well, I've got a whole list of ways that men can respond, and it, you know, you can do several of them. You can try one, you can see what works. But um, the first thing you have to do is you have to hear her pain. And I have a, a, a quote in the book that's one of my favorite quotes: "Is hear the pain, not the blame." Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, you know, women can, and I and I say that as as an acknowledged generalization, but. There can be some in, – in their expression of their pain or their disappointment, there can be some toxicity thrown in, and that often takes the form of blaming and shaming. And unfortunately, men get hooked on that and then totally miss the message of, of where she's in pain and just trying to express that as best she can. So the, the first thing I encourage men to do is, is hear the pain, not the blame. This is your baby, and she's hurting, and she may be blaming you and, and throwing some fireballs at you, but try to see past that. And see mm-hmm. that she's actually in pain, and it can give you a very different. Oh my uh, God! The response per- is response is completely different uh, when you yeah. do that. In my work with couples, this is what I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to teach couples: is don't respond to what's coming at you. Look at if somebody's angry, there's pain behind that anger. If you respond exactly. to the if you respond to the hurt, then it's not going to escalate into a huge conflict you'll actually yeah. be able to have a conversation about it. So different, exactly. such a different response. Yeah, it really is. It really is, yeah. Um, I go on to talk about empathy and uh, how empathy is, is one of the best ways to do that, which I think is tied into mm-hmm. what we just said. Um, curiosity is another one because sometimes they're all fired up and you're just like, I have no idea what's going on here. It's okay to be curious, to be like, well, okay, wait a minute. I actually don't understand here, baby. So what you're saying is when I did X, you were feeling Y? Like, wow, okay. That's a, so curiosity is another approach. Um, humor. Mm. One of the things I say in the book is humor neutralizes drama. And I think oh, men yes. don't use humor enough to kind of break up the mood of the moment. Right. And that doesn't mean making, tool. and, and I, I just want to add, that doesn't mean making fun of your partner that she's having this a meltdown or whatever. That's not humor. <laughs> it, right. She has to yeah. find it funny, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not taunting her, but you, you're bringing some levity to the situation, which it's 
it, it saved my bacon a few times, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of texts um, here before we go, if I can add uh, to our, our conversation. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge difference between being nice, which is actually a conscious choice one makes as a result of being understanding and empathic and knowing the difference between right and wrong and merely being passive and hypocritically pleasant yet seething below the surface. Yeah, I think you're talking about sometimes that anger uh, that's uh, yeah somewhere somewhere deep down. And as someone else writes, that is absolutely wrong. Maybe true to a few, but most men are nice because they just like treating women kindly and like a princess. And there's nothing hidden or any hidden agenda. Uh, they may not be conscious though. Yeah. Well, at first I'd say she's right for some some segment of men. Some segment of men, they don't have the, the resentment underneath, and they're, they're actually just genuinely nice guys. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is that um, sometimes you can be a nice guy, but if you're, if you're a little too vanilla, it, it doesn't bring the polarity into that relationship, you know, mm. the ravisher and the ravishee. Um, <laughs> and so even though they're a nice guy that treats like a princess, you can find in, sometimes in those relationships there, there can be a loss of intimacy or juiciness in the relationship over time. Not in all so, cases, but in some. So keep it juicy, bottom line. Uh, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. I, I love the work that you're doing. If people want to get to, in touch with you or find out more about the book, where can they go? Uh, the, the first place is my website, gsyoungblood.com. And uh, another place is Instagram, so GS Youngblood, M-I-R, Masculine in Relationship. Okay. And, uh, and then a, there's a YouTube channel that's got some videos as well. So those are some oh. of the best places to, uh, Wonderful. to reach out to me. Wonderful. Yeah. And Thank I've got, you. I've yeah, got go ahead. one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and then also a uh, dark energy workshop for dark sexual energy uh, that I'll be holding. And you can find out about that on the website. Ooh, maybe we can do a show on that one of these days. <laughs> I hope well, you'll be back. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a whole chapter on sexual leadership that I, I was hoping we'd get to, but maybe next time. Oh, next time. I'm going to get you on for that, for sure. Let's do that next Great. time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Take Thank care. You, all right. Happy holidays to you. Uh, thank you all for your text. Such an interesting uh, such an interesting topic tonight. Uh, thanks to our technical producer, Nicole Proano, as well. You can connect with me through my website, drlaurie.com, where you will also find the podcast of all the past shows. Uh, or you can also find that on the iHeart app as well. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>